Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Unapologetically Different Podcasts. I'm your host, Key. This is season three, episode 75. I'm so happy about this new episode and also this season as well. As you've been keeping up, I have some new changes going on. So I hope you guys have been up to date with that. Please follow us on our social media as well so you can keep up to date with all the things I have going on. Speaking of, make sure you check out my previous episode, episode 74, where I basically spoke about the Queen and Slim review. I thought it was a great film. And just to give my highlights about it and takeaways that I got from the film and also mentioning people's critique about it. I thought that was important. Also talked about Gabrielle Union being fired from America's Got Talent, Dwayne Wade chiming in about that. And also him clapping back at trolls for talking about his son and his um, sexuality. So please make sure you check out episode 74. Let me know your thoughts, slide in DMs. You can comment, anything of that nature, so I know what time it is. You know I love a little love and support. And if you got some critiques, bring that as well. I'm open to everything. So let's get into it. So speaking of Gabrielle Union in our previous episode, Gabrielle Union was at a recent female empowerment and inclusivity event. And on the panel, she spoke about you know, being a leader in a toxic environment. I just thought it was a great event in the, in the context of things that she spoke about. She dropped some great gems about being within those positions and how you can maneuver in it and what's the best things for you to do, especially when you feel like you're in that type of environment and you're not getting what you need to get out of it. One of the valid points that she made that I thought was just on point across the board is when she said, don't be the happy Negro that does the bidding of the status quo because you are afraid. Don't allow them to call you angry when someone else is called passionate. It's terrifying. There's a solid chance you'll lose your job. I speak from experience. Preach. I'm so glad that she spoke about that because I can talk about the times that I've been in work environments and they were toxic and I felt like I wasn't getting all I needed to get out of the work environment and actually wasn't conducive for me. And I've been in those situations and it was a bit traumatic. And when I did speak out about things, I noticed that I was perceived as a problem than opposed to a person. But then when someone else spoke about it, um, especially if it was like a white male or a white woman for that nature, then it'd be like, oh, they're passionate. But when I talk about it, I'm angry. I'm considered other and I'm marginalized. So I'm glad that she spoke about that. And also, too, she made another point about how many checks do I need this financial freedom, they are shackles masquerading as zeros in my bank account. That's a whole word. And I appreciate her talking about that because oftentimes we're in these work environments that tend to be very toxic and we're sacrificing a lot just to be within these spaces. And more times than not, it's because of the financial aspect of it. It's because this job is paying us a significant amount of money or we have great benefits. If you got Obamacare, whatever the hell you may have, that's good for you. But I know that that tends to put people in a very weird position. But then it's like you think that with all these zeros, you have more freedom when it's actually it's shackles being tied to the zero amount. And I'm glad that she spoke about that. And especially somebody on her magnitude to really speak about the fact that, yo, yes, I may be a celebrity. Yes, I may have this great opportunity as y'all may perceive it as such but when I'm put in these positions where I have to question what's my worth and this whole concept of freedom it's like are these dollar amounts do they even matter do they even are they even comparable into what I can get in terms of me being in this space and I think that's important that we think about that especially going into 2020 thinking about the type of jobs you're a part of is it worth it you know, in part, that's why I became an entrepreneur fully, because I like the fact that I have more control in what I do. But then also, too, that comes with pros and cons as well. But 
Keeping in mind going into 2020 and you being a part of these work environments, is it worth it? The dollar amount that you're receiving, is it actually worth what you're sacrificing in return in terms of your stress, your anxiety level, being in an environment where you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel like you could truly be yourself, where you have to dress and act a certain way? Yes, one thing for it to be professional, because I get that, but there's other environments where it's like you have to go an extra step to feel a little bit more comfortable within that space. And really ask yourself going into 2020, is this where I want to stay? Is this where I this is where I see myself growing in this company. Is this beneficial to me? Because at the end of the day, these employers, no matter who they are, they don't care about you. So it's either you make it a point to make sure your priority and make sure that you're working in an environment that you actually like and is conducive to your health. Um, another aspect that she spoke about was, you know, growing up and being a young girl and fighting to having issues with speaking out because, you know, oftentimes being a young girl and a young girl of color, you speaking out about some issues, you may be perceived an issue. You may be perceived as a problem, like I had said earlier. But then also, too, it's like, oh, then when I say something, it's an issue. But then again, if it was brought up by somebody else, it would have never had been a problem. And then also too speaking to things that bother you and trouble you and for her to recognize that at a, such a young age and saying that she wanted to speak out about things and know and realizing that i really commend her on that um and and to the point just keep in mind she has not fully um she has not formally addressed her exit at agt america's got talent she was just at this panel launching her new york and company clothing line which also include plus size women so shout out to gabrielle union on that she was just speaking about working in a toxic environment in general. You can speculate and make assumptions as she's talking about AGT, but overall her really dropping gems about being in those type of environment. And I appreciate her for that conversation and her being candid and real. And you know how she is already. So I think that's really great that she was able to bring that energy and personality to the conversation. And I think it's something that it needs to be discussed. You know, whether you're a celebrity or you're nine to five or a blue collar worker, no matter what environment you work in, you need to be treated with respect and you need to be in an environment where you feel comfortable. All right. Switching gears a bit. Um, It's funny what's going on with the Gabriel Union situation because it had actually led into a bigger problem that's going on in Hollywood. So Orlando Jones posted a video on December 14 mentioning him being fired from the stars drama American Gods. He will not be returning for season three, which is kind of crazy because, you know, oftentimes you make the assumption that, well, somebody's let go from an acting role, whatever the factors may be. But then when an actor comes out and make a video that goes viral and basically saying that it was race related, that's a big deal. Um, and the video did went viral. He was unapologetically he didn't give a fuck at all. And I loved every minute of it. I was like, yes, I haven't watched the show and I'm definitely not going to watch it now since he ain't going to be on it. I heard his character was actually phenomenal. So Fremantle claims he was not fired. They decided not to go with his option. So apparently Orlando was working in behind the scenes as a writer for the show, in part for his character and helping out other cast members. So he was playing a huge role in the creative direction of where the show was going alongside being an actor on the show as well. So they claim that they didn't go along with his option. And in Hollywood, employers always find a way to finesse firing you, especially when they're wrong. So case in point, when it comes to Orlando Jones, it's easy to make the assumption, oh, well, you know, this was a racial issue. And oftentimes when it becomes that, it's like, where's the receipts? You know, you can't just say it was a race card. And what I like about him, he did an interview 
with Deadline, and he broke down the reasons why he felt like it was race-related and how it was interconnected. First, he was informed last minute about the firing, which was in September. Now, people may think, oh, that's crazy, because he made the video in December. The reason why he did that was because he was trying to figure out what was going on on the back end, because when they did fire him in September, they didn't come out and speak about it. They didn't talk about it in any way. People have been inquiring about his character, when he's going to return. So that's when he made the video telling his fans that I won't be returning. Um, and they did not do it. They did the firing in an informal way. So it was it was abrupt and it was kind of sneaky and funny in a sense. So that was a problematic issue. Secondly, um, he didn't receive a release letter. So in Hollywood, when your option is not renewed with the studio, you are sent a letter to get other work. Um, and this and unfortunately, because he did not receive the letter, it placed him at a disadvantage. Now, this whole time prior to September, he thought he was going to be a part of the cast and crew and he was gearing up for season three. So the fact that he wasn't given this letter, he thought that he was going to be a part of it. And then now he wasn't. That's a disadvantage for him because now he lost out on other projects and works. And you know what it's like being an actor when you have a lot of balls that you're juggling in the air. It's really hard. And when you get an opportunity, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So now he thought this was his opportunity. Things was going well. And then abruptly he was fired. Now, um, another instance, incidence that he mentioned was he was in his third year deal with the studio. So if the studio knew down the road they had no intent of like, really going along with his character for a long period of time, he was saying that they should have did a two-year deal instead of a three-year deal. So they had intentions of having him on for three years, but then they cut it short, which is a little odd. The studio was also in con contact with his manager about renegotiating his acting contract. So everything was on a brink. You know, things was planned on working out. So he was confused as to how it could just happen abruptly out of nowhere. Also, to bring him back as a writer as he was in season two, in addition to bringing him back as a producer, then opposed to a consulting producer as he was in season two. So now he's going to be a writer, a producer, and an actor on the show, all in one. So that's a lot of checks coming in, a lot of coins. So it was a problem when he just abruptly got fired in September. And they didn't even talk about it. It was kind of hush-hush, like, yeah, this is a situation. You kind of got to let, let go and let God. Orlando was not having it. I don't even blame him. Another point that he parted, pointed out was that the showrunners have changed throughout the these season. So this show has had issues behind the scenes, like real issues. And they had a lot of different showrunners. A new showrunner came in by the name of Igly, and he never spoke with Jones about cutting Mr. Nancy, which was his character from the show. So Jones mentions in a Variety, Variety interview how Igly told everybody that Mr. Nancy was bad for black America. So apparently there was a part written in the storyline where he made a commentary, Mr. Nancy. And because of what he said, and the way the character was, they're saying that this character is problematic for black America. But at the time when that episode was revealed, um, Orlando Jones did admit that he wasn't the only one that was writing it for that character. There were other people behind the scenes writing it. So it's like, if you're going to be tight about this character and how they're being perceived, take it to the showrunners and people who started out with the character to begin with. I just came in after the fact. So I'm glad that he actually brought that to light. And it, it seemed like the showrunner didn't like his character, didn't like the direction of where his character was going or the fact that he perceived the character to be problematic. Because, you know, a rebel, especially a black villain rebel in um, a film or a show could cause bit of disruption and become an issue. Then opposed to you actually trying to retain your viewership and keeping in mind that that character may be bringing a lot more to the show. And it seems like he was because his fans was reaching out like, yo, when are you coming back? Because I really appreciate your character. Um 
Fremantle is a producer. Funny fact, but not so funny. Fremantle is a producer of both American God and is one of the producers of America's Got Talent. Mm, America's Got Talent sound real familiar. That's with Gabriel Union. So it's interesting how both entities have toxic work environment and that this company is involved in that across the board so it speaks to the type of people that they really want to work with you know what i'm saying um that a common denominator of black people and women at this point so something to kind of point out orlando tweets um i was fired september 10 2019 like gabriel union like mel b nick cannon and heidi klum all have said Fremantle U.S. is a nightmare. They treated you like a second-class citizen for doing your job to a well. Stay tuned. More to come. Hashtag angry get shit done. <laughs> so as you can see, he's not playing. And I love his energy. All of that, I'm loving it. Put them on full display. And one thing I like about these um, celebrities or artists when they're in these positions, it's very easy to walk away from the situation, shy away from it, not speak on it. It could be embarrassing for him because it's like, I had hope and faith of being a part of it, then I was cut. But I'm glad that he didn't take it like that. He perceived it as like, no, I'm going to utilize this platform. I'm going to talk about this because y'all really need to treat people better. There's been talks that he's going to be looking into legal counsel, so he's probably going to sue. And actually him and Gabrielle Unit didn't have a conversation. They end up speaking about it because she tweeted to him like, yo, we need to talk. And I'm just so glad to see them both coming together. And I feel like when these situations happen, whether you're on a scale of a celebrity or you in a... um blue collar work i think it's great when you could team up with colleagues and y'all could really try to strategize how to move forward within your position you know it's very easy to pull the race card and i know when he dropped that video people was like oh here we go you probably just wasn't fitting for the role but it's like no he's speaking truth and he's not the only one saying it because people prior to him was let go for obviously the same reasons and there's a similarity going on with this company and them producing these shows and being a part of it and an involvement and a toxic environment that they're creating. And it's even more problematic that you're put in a position of power and privilege and you feel as if you can do that. You feel as if you can be in a position where you could create this work environment where people don't feel inclusive. They don't feel like they belong and they feel as if they're not enough. And I'm so glad that Orlando and Gabrielle Union are coming together to try to make this um, work. I, I want to see what's going to transpire because she hasn't fully came out and spoke about it. But the little tidbits of gems that she dropped in that panel was dope. <laughs> so I can only imagine what she got lined up. And then with Orlando, I would like to see what further develops. And I want to see more of us in Hollywood talk out about these issues. You know, for a while, a lot of actors and actresses have been saying like listen we don't have proper roles equal opportunity and all of these things that's why you have a queen and slim being produced um by lena and melina to kind of put on the forefront as to first of all black women being behind the production and being behind the film but also putting that on the forefront in main in mainstream and for the world to kind of perceive black culture and make their own their and make their own kind of their own interpretations of black culture, but keeping in mind who's controlling the narrative. The problem is we need to be the ones controlling our narrative. So I say all of that to say I'm glad to see Orlando Jones and Gabriel Union coming together with this situation. I really want to know. Um, I would like to see more artists and more actors and actresses come out and speak about a lot of issues that not only with this company, I'm sure there's others and also producers behind the scenes what environments they're creating that are not making them work to their full potential or have them put in very polarizing situations where they have to question themselves, their worth and their value to what they bring to the project. And 
I think that's why in part it's important to have production companies um, that are black owned <laughs> because when you have stuff like that, you know, and I'm kind of bringing it back to the Tyler Perry Studios, him creating that, um, the studio in Atlanta and having that huge lot and creating those opportunities for black. These, this is why we need to have black ownership and this is why we need to have um, spaces that we create and we control the narrative because it it affects us. If it affects one of us, it affects all of us and it becomes a domino effect. Now imagine if they started talking about all of these issues at AGT and also with this production company or with this company more so when Mel B got let go and the Cannon got let go and how many situations they could have saved, you know, instead of making it from like bad to worse. And it makes me question how many more people have to get fired or be affected or have to come out speaking about this for people to actually say, okay, that's enough. And Orlando did make a valid point about he just wants them to learn how to treat people right. And this is the problem when you have people in positions of power and feel as if they could treat people any type of way, they don't really need to exercise it. They don't feel like they have to exercise the needs to be inclusive of all. And they have to consider everyone's feelings. And that's why I appreciate like Ava DuVernay creating her with her platform and with her brand. She hired mostly women like on her production is all women staff, you know, and it's women of color and white women. It's a good mix. And I like that because you're controlling. I go back again to <laughs> controlling a narrative like you're controlling that. And I think it's important because when you control a narrative to that aspect, it creates safe spaces for people because you have to keep in mind who are controlling these narratives and in these spaces and these companies. And then in part, it, it affects the safe space that's supposed to be created. I, I think every place should have a safe space where you should feel like you belong in a company. And if you don't, you should have the space where you can be vocal and you could um, speak about it and be candid without being reprimanded. I've been in situations where I had one, <laughs> I had one situation where I was working at a previous place. I don't want to say the company name because some people I know still work there, but I was working there and it's a bankruptcy firm, by the way, but I ain't going to say no names. I'm going to leave it at that. So I was working there or whatever. And I remember I had my evaluation and they were saying to me, like, I want you to be candid. How do you really feel about working here? And I was like, oh, really? And I was cool with the supervisors, like not real cool, cool. One of them, he just, he was like, I was like one of his favorites because I always got stuff done. And I remember when I, I was just candid and I mean, I was like, I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. I feel like a slave. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a slave. And at the time, um, I was working with Pierre, my co-host, and then he was like, you should have never said that. Like, you just went on some Malcolm X shit. I didn't go Malcolm X. I was just like, listen, you told me to be candid, I'm going to be candid. I feel like a slave. I don't feel like I'm getting, I don't feel like I'm getting a proper treatment here. And also, too, the workload is pretty extensive for what I'm being paid. Like, I laid it out on the table. I did it in a very respectful manner, of course. You know, I wasn't being ratchet and ghetto. I was just letting them know what time it was. Apparently, they, that didn't sit well with them. <laughs> It didn't sit well at all. And it was a temp job. So mama was let go after that meeting. I'm going to keep it on it. Um, I've been let go from a few places. It'd be like that sometimes. But um, it was a learning experience. And what I got from that experience is don't be candid when, when your employer tells you, oh, be candid about it. Oh, clearly I can't. You have to really, it's a fine line. It's a very, very fine line with that. So I would highly say if you're in an environment where you feel like 
you're not getting what you need to get. I would say first, before you even pull a race card, if you because it's so easy to get to that point. If you have enough evidence, work with it, flow with it, your intuition. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about following your intuition. However, if you're in a toxic work environment, you want to take the proper steps. I would say do your thorough investigation, proper investigation to ensure what it actually is. If you want to stay there, try to have open conversations with your employer. Keeping in mind, not being too candid, fine, thin line, you know, just being real careful, followed up, follow up stuff with emails. I like to have stuff in correspondence. <laughs> and if you want to get fancy per my last email, let's be clear. So I would definitely say do that. But if you feel like, listen, I'm not getting what I need to get. I've tried everything. I spoke with my colleagues. We all feel the same way. Find something else. And if and if that doesn't sit well with you, it's like, no, I've been going through way too much stuff here. It's way too much of a toxic environment. It's not cool what's going on. Follow the steps and pursue a lawsuit. Now, it's not as easy as everyone thinks. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody rolling around with Orlando um, Orlando Jones and Gabrielle Union money. No shade, no tea. I'm just keeping it 100. But if you do go through the right procedure of getting legal counsel, make sure you follow the pri proper steps. Um, make sure you go meet with someone and decide if that's going to be the route you're going to go. And also, too, if you're going to include other people in it and make it like a class action suit, make sure you get those people prepared. Because I even tried that one time and people just wasn't on board. They claimed they was, but they wasn't. So I just want to leave you with that. Um, and also, too, going into 2020 and you're a part of those environments, let go and let God and find something that's more conducive to you and make you feel worthy that you're enough and you're deserving of being inclusive in your space. All right. Now it's time to get into Key's tea. Now, you know, you're going to get a little spice with Key on the mic. All right. So this week been a little cray cray. There was a kidnapping in the Bronx. Y'all know y'all know where I'm going with this. Um, Carol Sanchez. It was by East 156th Street. Um, I'm from the Bronx. Big up to BX all day, every day. We don't have kidnappings in the Bronx on the regular. So just let y'all know. But follow the story because it's a little, it's very interesting. Um, so she was with her mom and it was a video terrifying dudes came out the car took her pushed her moms and brought in the car what i noticed about our community um particularly black community is that everyone on social media a majority was sharing it like yo the news is not talking about it we got to talk about it where's this girl let's find this girl sex trafficking and kidnapping has become a thing lately so this was a real concern luckily cops found her like within hours of people posting it and it go viral they found her then it was it was a lot going on. It was like she was taken. Then I was people was posting, getting frantic, doing prayers. You know, I was like, I'm going to church on Sunday to pray for this girl. I was all in the mix. And then it was like they was found. I was like, all right, Gucci. And then it was like, oh, um, she lied. Um, hmm. So they said that she basically created this story. Um, she lied because or set it up and worked with her boyfriend to do it because her mom wants to move to Honduras and she's her mom is strict. I think that's really unfortunate. First and foremost, I'm glad that she is okay, that her safety wasn't in real jeopardy and she's good. I'm going to say that. It's unfortunate that she lied, keeping in mind that she's a teenager, and I'm not saying it's okay. Teenagers lie, things happen, and this is unfortunate. But I'm grateful that she is safe. I'm saddened that she lied and disappointed because there are an influx of young black and brown girls who are taken every day. They didn't even get the same exposure as this girl, and we still can't find them. So um, that was why I was disheartened by it. I'm not going to get into her and really speaking about her character because social media is just literally going off on this girl, creating memes, which I just think is a little outlandish. But I will say to this point, I need us to all keep that same energy for all these black and brown girls who are taken every day in these streets, whether they in Bronx, Brooklyn, or Queens, or any other place throughout the United States of America and the ones on an um, international level. 
sex trafficking is becoming a very big thing and they just snatching bodies off the street. And to me, what I'm noticing is some of these little kids walking around with no parents. So y'all out here busting seeds and having kids and y'all can't even monitor y'all kids on the street. I've seen eight year olds, 12 year olds walking the streets by themselves. And it's just and it's really alarming. What I would say is as a woman and I'm concerned about my safety, I feel like I got to be extra safe. But the energy that we had for Carol Sanchez, I want us to carry it for every other black and brown girl out here who's taken up off the streets. Let's duplicate that energy. She shouldn't be the only one getting it. And. I'm glad that the situation turned out where her safety is good. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we're keeping that energy for everybody else and hopefully eliminate sex trafficking altogether. Thank you for tuning in to Key's Tea. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast with Key. Um, leave a comment about what you'd like to hear more about on our Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore and on Facebook at unapologetically different. And check out our website, unapologeticallydifferent.com. Stay tuned for next episode. Bye.